Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. Get ready for your life to be changed by today's message from Pastor Jeremiah Hosmer. While you're standing, please turn to 1 Samuel chapter 4. 1 Samuel chapter 4. I've got to read a lengthy uh, passage of scripture today um, because uh, I want to set this up. Uh, as, as you know, I don't, I don't ever want to get up here and preach something that is not supported or has its foundations in scripture because the opinions of man will fall. I said the opinions of man will fall. Uh, but the Bible says that the, the grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of the Lord shall remain what forever. And so I want to read a, a somewhat of a lengthy passage of scripture today, uh, but I, it, it'll bless your life. First Samuel chapter four and the word of the Lord or, or, and the word of Samuel came to all Israel. Now Israel went out to battle against the Philistines and encamped beside Ebenezer. And the Philistines encamped in Aphek. Now the Philistines put themselves in battle array against Israel. And when they joined, uh, and, and when they joined battle, Israel, watch this, Israel was defeated by the Philistines, who killed about 4,000 men, and the army fled. And when the people had come into the camp, the elders of Israel said, Why has the Lord defeated us today before the Philistines? Let us bring the ark of the covenant of the Lord from Shiloh, to us and when it comes among us it may save us from the hand of our enemies verse 4 now watch this so the people sent to Shiloh that they might bring from there the ark of the covenant of the Lord of hosts who dwells between the cherubim and the two sons of Eli Hophni and Phineas were there with the ark of the covenant of God verse 5 and when the ark of the covenant of the Lord came into the camp, all Israel shouted so loudly that the earth shook. Now, when the Philistines heard the noise of the shout, they said, what does this sound, this great shout in the, uh, in the camp of the Hebrews mean? Then they understood that the ark of the Lord had come into the camp. So the Philistines were afraid for they said, God has come into the camp. And they said, woe to us for such a thing has never happened before. Woe to us, who will deliver us from the hand of these, of these mighty gods? These are the gods who struck the Egyptians with all the plagues in the wilderness. Be strong and conduct yourselves like men, you Philistines, that you may not, uh, that you may, that you do not become servants of the Hebrews and as they, as they have been to you. Conduct yourselves like men and fight. Verse 10. So the Philistines fought and Israel was defeated and every man fled to his tent. There was a great, uh, there was a very great slaughter and there fell of Israel 30,000 foot soldiers. Verse 11. Also, also. The ark of God was captured. And the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, died. The ark of God was captured and the two sons died. The ark of God captured and two sons died. 2 Samuel chapter 6. 2 Samuel chapter 6. Praise the Lord. Verse 1. Again, David gathered all the choice men of Israel, 30,000. And David arose and went with all the people who were with him from uh, Baal Judah to bring up from, 
bring up from there the ark of God, whose name is called by the name, the Lord of hosts, who dwells between the cherubim. Now watch this. So they set the ark of God on a new cart and brought it out of the house of Abinadab, which was on the hill and Uzzah and Ahio, the sons of Abinadab drove the new cart. Verse four. And they brought it out of the house of Abinadab, which was on the hill accompanying the ark of God. And they went before the ark. Verse five. Then David and all the house of Israel played music before the Lord on all kinds of instruments of, of uh, fir wood and harps and stringed instruments, tambourines and sistrums and, and cymbals. They, they, they had them a good praise and worship set going on. And when they came to Nacon's threshing floor, don't miss that. Uzzah put out his hand to help God. And to help, watch this, put out his hand to the ark of God and took hold of it for the oxen stumbled. I'm going to talk about this later, but it's not, uh, it, maybe next week, but it's not by accident that he stumbled at the threshing floor. Y'all stay with me. Then the anger of the Lord was aroused against Uzzah and God struck him there for his error. And he died there by the ark of God. Let me just look up at, many of us think that he just fell over and died. But if you, many theologians, if you actually study that, believe that he exploded. This is, why, this is what happened right here now. This is why you read this. And David became angry because the Lord's outbreak against Uzzah. And he called the name of the place Perez Uzzah to this day. Verse 9. David was afraid of the Lord that day. And he said, how can the ark of the Lord come to me? Verse 10. So David would not move the ark of the Lord uh, with him into the city of David, but he took it aside to the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite. Now, now I don't want to, I'm not preaching on that, but, but David was like, listen, God, if you're going to kill people, kill a Gentile. Because everybody who keeps messing with this ark keeps dying. But David was missing a revelation. That the ark was not there to kill, it was there to bless. But according to the condition of your heart is what you're going to receive. We'll talk about that in a couple weeks. The ark of the Lord remained in the house of Obed-Edom to get tied three months. And the Lord blessed Obed-Edom and all his household. Now it was told King David saying, the Lord has blessed the house of Obed-Edom and all that belongs to him. Can't you see David like, what? Everybody has died. What has this man figured out that I don't know? So David went and brought up the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David with gladness this time. Verse 13. And it was so when those bearing the ark of the Lord had gone six paces that he sacrificed an oxen and a fatted sheep. Verse 14. Then David danced before the Lord with all his might and David was wearing the linen ephod. Then got stuff in order now. So David and all his house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with the shouting and with the sound of the trumpet. Y'all stay with me. Just a few more scriptures. Now, as the ark of the Lord came into the city of David, uh, I, I never knew how to pronounce this woman's name. But here y'all go. Y'all going to learn someday. Michal. Michal, Saul's daughter, looked through the widow, or window and saw David King, the king, leaping and whirling before the Lord. And she despised him in her heart. The epitome of religion. So they brought the ark of the Lord and set it in his place in the midst of the tabernacle and David, that David had erected for it. And David offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before the Lord. And when David had finished offering up burnt offerings and peace offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord of hosts. 
Then he distributed among all the people and among the whole multitude of Israel, both women and men, to everyone a loaf of bread, a piece of meat, and a cake of raisins. So all the people departed, everyone to his house. Let's pray. I want to start a series today titled The Glory Returns. These dear brothers and sisters as he was leading worship, was talking about revival. He don't know what I'm preaching. Interpretation says the glory's coming, the door's open. They don't know what I'm preaching. God's speaking to you. He's declaring a thing in the kingdom. You are not in a common moment, so don't treat it as common. But receive everything God has for you today. Father, in the name of Jesus, come on this house now. Lord, I pray that as I preach your word today that you would look upon my availability and not my ability. I pray that there would be such an anointing upon me, God, that as I declare your word, it will be the words from your lips, not the words from my lips. I pray, God, today that as the word goes forth, it would break every single tie that the house of Eli has on the body of Christ. I pray that it would break every tie that the house of Saul has on the body of Christ. And I pray that it would break every tie that the house of Mehal has on the body of Christ. And I declare revival to hit the church now and the glory of the Lord to fill the earth as the waters cover the sea. I declare a rising in people right now in the name of Jesus. And I thank you today for what you're about to do right now. I decree the word of the Lord shall hit this house and forevermore it shall change it now. Father, today we ask let thy kingdom come. Let thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. We thank you for what you're about to do. For this is the day the Lord has made and we will rejoice and be glad in it. I thank you God that your name be lifted high in the name of Jesus I pray these things today and everybody that agrees shout amen and give the Lord a good praise as you're being seated in the house hallelujah praise the Lord now I promise you I'm not going to get but one of these points out today <laughs> and that's going to be on purpose you know, because God's done moved in the house, but I don't ever want you leaving the house without getting some word. Amen. I said, amen. You got to have some word. There's, there's plenty of places there where, where you don't get no word, but I want my people to have some word. Hallelujah. Now, I want you to just, let me just start this thing up. As I said, I'm going to begin a series today called The Glory Returns. Many from all type, uh, let me say this, from all type of opinions and beliefs, are saying that we need revival. Well, I heard the crickets chirping, amen. I said, y'all getting y'all's Bibles out. I mean, you know, you're getting your Bibles out, you're opening your crackers right now because your stomachs are growling and, and, and right now you're, you're just trying to be quiet right now. So I'm, I'm gonna give you about 10 more seconds. Get your crackers open. Ease that bottle of water just so slightly so it don't crack no more. Silence your phone. We down to five seconds now. We're going to be here for a minute. I said many in the body of Christ and with all opinions and beliefs today are saying that we need revival. That we need reformation. That we need restoration. Say amen to that because I believe that right now. That, that we need a move of the Holy Ghost. That, that we, meet, we need some fire to come back in the church. Uh, you, now, everybody has a fire-filled church. 
There are people that are hanging on to remnants. They're where God once moved and they don't know how, they don't know how to cut ties anymore. They, 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 you know, God once moved there 20 years ago and they're still hanging on and not realizing that, that God ain't there anymore. They're good people. They love the Lord. They're full of the Holy Ghost and they're trying to do the right thing, but they don't realize that God ain't moving there because Eli's there. Y'all stay with me right now. And so you've got to understand what is happening in the kingdom of God. So we got a lot of people saying we need revival. Uh, we got, I'm talking about, I'm talking about Baptist, Methodist, Presbyterian, non-denominational, Pentecostal people. We got a lot, everybody saying, man, we need revival. But my, 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 my concern, or not my concern, but my question is, if everybody's saying we need it and we don't have it, what's going on? I, I, this is a question that is shouting in my spirit right now. What's going on? Why don't we have it? Why is it, if everybody wants it, why is there not a, a revival that is hitting this nation right now that is turning everything around for the kingdom of God and bringing in the great harvest? Can I tell you, that is coming, but there's got to be some things that's got to be dealt with first. There's got to be some stuff that's put in order first because there's all kinds of things happening and what, everybody's wondering what's right because ain't nobody been reading the Bible. But I'm telling you right now, the Lord will not be mistaken for anybody and he said, let every man be a liar, but let God's word be true. Stay with me. So right now we're seeing, we're seeing a lot of people saying we need revival, we need reformation, and it's coming. But there's some things that got to be, got to be dealt with. Now, I'm still in my introduction. Now, write this down right here, or tweet it, whatever you want to do. There, there's a difference between division and separation. There's a difference between division and separation. Division is something that is demonically orchestrated. Division is something that is demonically orchestrated. It is something that demons do, you know, like maybe, maybe you've been in a place, maybe you've been in a, a, a church before, or maybe you was at the family reunion when division broke out. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 you know, and, and now people don't want to talk to each other and it's 10 years later and folks still talking about if I see them I'm telling you what's going to go down you better call the man down here because it's, a, it's going to go down if I see them you, you, you've been in church you've been in churches before where division broke out and, 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 and there was all kinds of heads and, and a bunch of heads makes up a monster and, and nobody knew what was really happening in the house and there wasn't no leadership and there wasn't no order and, and there was all kinds of stuff going on and, and division broke out and the church decided to, to, to split up in three different places then you had the first church of this and the second church of that and the third church on the other side of the town and nobody and that's called division that's demonically orchestrated. That is not of God. That is things that the enemy does. That's the reason you've got to have unity in the house. That's also the reason why God said, I won't bless it if unity's not there. But where the unity is, I command my blessing. He said, I'll, the blessing don't even have a choice. I command it to fall on your life. That's why some of you got to get your houses in order right now. Because ain't nothing being blessed because there's so much division going on. But I challenge you, man of God. I challenge you, woman of God. Go home and throw all on everybody until can't nobody hold on to them anymore and can't nobody walk on the floor and say unity is coming back in this house because the blessing of the Lord's got to fall and the blessing's got to be here and so there's a difference between division and separation division is is demonically orchestrated but then we have something called separation separation is heavenly orchestrated 
This is where heaven begins to move in your life. This is where heaven comes in and says, you know, listen, if you keep on doing what you're doing or keep on hanging out with the people you're hanging out, uh, you know, the enemy is so, he, he's, he's slick. He, 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 likes to, he likes to deceive people. He's slick. He'll, he'll get a new believer and say, don't you know you're supposed to be reaching them and you need to go down and talk to them. And then the new believer goes down there and, and is not strong enough to, re, to resist what they're doing. And all of a sudden they fall and they're back at the altar next week not wondering how they was able to get past some stuff. And so there's a difference between division and separation. When God moves in your life, he begins to separate things. He, he begins to pull. He begins to say, now you're mine. I got to get you uh, over here. I, I preached last Saturday in the conference called Separated for Glory. And I talked about how the church, if the church wants glory, the church has to give a, get a commitment to get back and be separated. Come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and be sanctified. I know it's an old word, and I know people don't want to hear it anymore. But God is still in the sanctifying business. God is still in the separating business. God is still saying, you are mine. Come out from among them so that I can do something in your life. There's a difference between division and separation. And when God begins to separate, he begins to separate. And that's why some of you don't have the same friends you did last year. And that's why some of you ain't in the same toxic stuff that you were in last year. Because you came to an altar and said, God, I mean business this time. And God said, oh, really? Well, I'm about to move this one. And I'm about, you're going to lose your job here, but I'm going to give you another one over here. And I'm about to take this one out of your life. And you don't even know why, but they're going to cancel your rent over here so I can bring you here. Because I I want to separate you unto myself. You're all mixed up with all kinds of stuff. And so what's going on right now? What's going on right now? There's a separation, not a division. There's a separation in the body of Christ happening right now. There are people that have sat there and said, I'm sick of religion. I'm sick of the normal. I'm sick of common. I don't care if you, if you promise me to get out in 55 minutes. I need a touch from God. And if I got to stay here four hours, I got to encounter God. Because I don't want to go back who to who I used to be. I y'all ain't want to talk to me today. I don't want to be the same person I used to be. I don't want to waller in the same mud I used to waller in. So whatever it takes me, I got to change before I leave this place. So there's a separation happening right now. There's a separation happening right now. And you got, you got people. I told you four, four or five weeks ago, I said, you ain't, listen, you ain't going to search for these, for these wolves in sheep clothing. They're going to, they're going to expose themselves. They're going to come out on social media. They're going to come out all in the public and they're going to expose themselves. It's been there for years. They were just hiding it. And unfortunately, the people of God in their congregation didn't have enough discernment to know they've been backslid. Oh, y'all, I, so, so we got to kick some demons out of the way before we can get this thing right. You see, you understand? So there's a separation happening in the body of Christ right now. That's why you got people sitting in here. Three years ago, four years ago, two years ago, maybe even one year ago, they said, man, I ain't never going to a church that speaks in tongues. I ain't going to no church where they fall out. That's crazy stuff. I ain't going there. But then all of a sudden, a hunger started rising in you. And you were going to this place, and you were going to that place, and you were going to this place. And I'm not just talking about my Baptist and Methodist brothers and sisters. There's some Pentecostal places out there that need to take the name off the sign. There ain't no anointing up in them. There ain't no glory. God ain't been there in a long time. 
So before we start throwing stones, we got to look at something. And, 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 and ain't nothing been happening. And you said, I ain't never going there. And then all of a sudden, you find yourself right here. And you got your hands lifted and tears falling down your face. And you don't even know what's going on. But all you know is that you're experiencing something that you ain't never felt in your life. That's feeding the depths of your soul. And your spirit, man, is rising up. It's called a separation. It's called a separation. It's called a separation. It's where God comes in and says, the tares and the wheat, they have been growing long enough. So I'm about to take the wheat and I'm going to let the tares do what they got to do because you don't know their hearts. God is the looker of the heart. You can dress up what you want to dress up and you can look how you want to look and sound like you want to sound. But God said, I know what you do in your bedroom. I know what you do when ain't nobody looking. I know that I know the part of your heart don't nobody look and I know you've been gone from me. It's a separation. It's a separation that's happening. There's a difference. There's a difference between separation and division. What you see in the kingdom right now is a separation. Now let me bring you into today's text. What is happening right here? What you see in 1 Samuel is a separation happening. The Bible says, everybody say the Bible says. I got to hurry up. The Bible says this, that in 1 Samuel 3, that when the lamp of God was about to go out and when the revelation, you, you couldn't hardly grab a word from God. In the midst of this, when things seemed dark and it seemed like God wasn't nowhere in the picture, he begins to speak to a little boy that has been placed into the midst of a toxic environment, but has placed something inside of him that will not allow what's around him to get in him. This boy is named Samuel. Samuel was not just some average boy. Samuel was somebody who was conceived by a miracle. Samuel's mama, 1 Samuel chapter 1, would not let go of God. She said, I'll look like a fool in front of somebody. They'll, they'll think I'm drunk. I'll look so crazy in front of them because I've got to get a hold of God because I realize I've got to conceive something. God's put a desire inside of me to conceive something, to bring something to birth that's going to bring an usher in a shift and a change in the kingdom that if we don't have it, we're going to see destruction oh let me just take a side let me get it let me get a commercial right now what's happening right now there's some people that's getting pregnant there's some people right now saying i don't know what it is but i won't leave god alone he's waking me up in the midnight hour and i'm just keep grabbing a hold of him until he puts something inside of me because i realize what's coming and what's coming out of me is going to shift what the enemy wants to do in our lives i'm still in my introduction stay with me so Hannah gives birth to uh, Samuel. Samuel is committed to the house of the Lord at the age of two. At the age of two, she gives a promise to God. She says, if you'll give me a boy, I'll give him back to you. That's what I, that's what I told the Lord. You give me a boy, I'll give him back to you. So, he gets, so she gives him a miracle. I mean, he gives her a miracle. She gives, it back, gives him to the house of the Lord. Now think about this. He's two years old and you go give him to a wicked priest with wicked sons and trust God to hold him in the midst of it. Y'all don't want no preaching today. He trusts he trust God that if you gave him to me, this is a word for some parents right now. If you gave him to me, I trust you to keep him in the midst of what he's going through right now. 
I know you're going to, I know you're faithful enough to hold on to it. So you got to understand that Eli, Eli and his sons, they're so wicked. They are so wicked that, that his sons, watch this now, the intercessors will come to the house of God to pray. And this is what it, he said, my house shall be called a house of prayer. And they would come to the house of God and Eli's sons would wait outside. And instead of allowing them to intercede, they would go in and have sex with them. And in all in the meantime, doing their religious duty. Wicked. They were so wicked that when people would bring their tithes and offerings to the house of God, they wouldn't even let them sacrifice properly. They would reach down and grab their sacrifices. So the people of God started despising the house of God, saying, I don't want to bring my tithes and offerings anymore. Because I don't even know what you're doing with them. I don't even know if they're getting up before God. So they just started despising the, the, the offerings, the tithes and offerings. And it's in the midst of this, listen now, it's in the midst of this right here that God says, I'm done with it. I'm done with it. I, I'm tired of it. This is my first point. Matt, Matt, Y'all go ahead and write this down. Then I'm, I'm going to preach this and then we're gone. Number one, if the glory is going to return, the church must sever its ties from the house of Eli. It must sever its ties from the house of Eli. What is the house of Eli? The house of Eli is, I don't care what your life is like, as long as you can perform on a platform, I'm going to be good with you. Y'all don't want to hear from me today. No, no, no. Y'all don't want, I'm, I'm coming all up in a place. I'm talking to this nation. I'm talking to this house. And I'm talking to the body of Christ. As long as you can put up a show for me, I don't really care how you live. I don't care if you got three girlfriends and four concubines and a wife. I'll hear from you. I'll dance and have church with you. And God said if the glory is going to return, the church has to sever its ties with the house of Eli. Because I'm not going to send my glory on a wicked house. Oh, I feel the anointing now. The spirit of Eli, y'all say, the spirit of Eli says it's okay to be fake as long as you perform. The church has learned how to shout to God, but, that, but has not known the God of the shout. So when we came up against enemies on the battlefield, we knew how to shout, but we didn't know the one that was in the shout. Therefore, we lost our battles because God said, until you know the God of the shout, your shout won't have no power in it. Your shout, ah, feel this thing. Your shout won't have no power in it until you know the one that's in the shout. So they bring out this ark. They bring out this ark and they said, oh, everybody shout. They knew what to do. They knew the religious duties. They knew how to go through the rituals. They knew all that was supposed to happen. They knew to dance when they were supposed to dance, sing when they were supposed to sing, clap when they were supposed to clap, fall down when they were supposed to fall down, speak in tongues when they were supposed to speak in tongues. But when they shouted, they got their butts whooped because God was not in their shout. Why was God not in their shout? Because God was not in their shout because he was looking at their life. And what they failed to realize is that their life was the power in their shout. Oh, y'all help me today now. Eli and his sons were the epitome of faking it until you make it. 
they were the epitome of godliness without the, with, with the means, watch this, godliness uh, being a means of gain. They were the epitome of having a form of godliness but denying the power to change them. They were the epitome of religion with no relationship. They were the epitome of position without passion. They were the epitome of titles without transformation. They were the epitome of priesthood without presence. That's what they were. And they said, man, we're tired of getting beat. So somebody bring me a religious ritual that will defeat your enemy. But can I tell you, your religious rituals will not defeat your enemy. But a revelation from heaven will kick him every single time. And what God is saying in this last hour, I'm severing the tie from my body and the house of Eli. I'm, try I'm trying to hurry. I, I, maybe you ain't never heard nobody preach like this. Maybe, maybe, maybe you ain't never heard nobody really get down like this. But somebody's got to say something. And I just figured it might as well be me right now. Somebody's got to call some stuff out. And it might as well be me right now. Somebody's got to say that let God be true and let every man be a liar right now. Somebody's got to say there's still an anointing. There's still a remnant. There's still a glory. And there's still a mansion on the people of God that will defeat the enemy in these last days. And it might as well be us. So the, so the ark, everybody say the ark. The ark represented the presence and the power of God. It symbolized the presence and the power of God. What they, realized, what they didn't realize is that the ark itself, if God was not on it, didn't have no power in it. And so God had to be backing up the ark. But the only way he was going to back up the ark is if the priests and the Levites that were carrying it had something to do with him. And so therefore, there was, he was not going to back up that ark as long as their lives were away from him. So when they took the ark, they took three things. What you don't realize, what was in the ark? What was in the ark? This is about to tell you why there is, why the attack, there's certain attacks that are coming on the body of Christ right now in, in deception and lying, why is happening this way? What was in the ark when they took the ark? They, the, first, the, 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 one, the first thing I want to talk about, the tablets or the commands or the commandments of God. This represented the word of God. It's not by accident that we are where we are because 20-something years ago, we decided we didn't need the word of God in the house. We'd give up and give somebody's book report. We'd get, we'd get up and tell you what you needed to hear. We could pack a house out, give you 13 minutes in a sermonette, and walk up out that place, and everybody said, wasn't it good to be in church today? And you went out and done whatever you wanted to do. I'm talking to this nation right now. You went out and did whatever you wanted to do, and God was not in it. And God said, when they listen, the attack that's coming against me and the attack against my church is upon my word right now that's why you've got people getting up and saying I don't believe in it anymore even though it's written in black and white even though it's written six different 600 different times in the Bible I don't believe it anymore it's an attack against the word of God it's an attack against the word of God That's the reason we're taking time. We're taking time on Wednesday nights. Wednesday nights. Wait, you think I didn't want to preach no more? I just looked around and said, people are addicted to preaching and not teaching. So I, I got to mix preaching and teaching because Jesus came preaching and teaching. 
So I took Wednesday nights and said, hey, we're going to let teachers get up so you can get some foundation inside of you so that when somebody comes on social media and tells you something that ain't right with the word of God, you can say, you a liar. I ain't listening to you anymore because you don't even know what the word says. Oh, help me out. So it was, a, it was an attack against the word of God. Because if you don't have the word, you don't have no foundation. You've got to have the word of God sitting inside of you. Oh, let me just take 90 more seconds on this. This is why some of you, you're, listen, you give tithes and you give offerings, but you're not seeing the supernatural overflow in your life. You want to know why? Because you don't have no word with it. So when the enemy comes up against you and says, I'm going to tell you, you ain't going to be blessed. You're not going to receive a harvest. You believe what he has to say. But instead of you believing what he has to say, if you had enough word in you, you can say that my Bible tells me whatsoever a man sows, that he shall reap. And he who sows to the flesh reaps of the flesh. But he who sows to the spirit reaps everlasting life. Shut up, devil. I will reap if I don't lose heart. I will reap what I have sown. Shut up, devil. You don't get to declare my harvest. You don't get to declare this over my life. It's an attack against the word. The second thing that was in the ark, y'all stay with me, we're trying to build this thing. The second thing that was in the ark was the rod, the, Aaron, the, the Aaron's rod that budded. What does this have to do? This represented the order of God. This represented the order of God. God's a God of order. God ain't sitting here playing chaotic stuff with people. He's a God of order. He moves in order. It's amazing to me, Pastor Jason, sometimes they come into the house and they say, how in the world can you sustain a house like this with such presence for so long? How can you sustain such a move of God like this? I come in time and time again. This place don't do nothing but elevate. It don't never do nothing but go up. How in the world can you continue to sustain something like this? I say, well, we got to have some governing and order in the house of God. You can't let people just do what they want to do when they want to do it. If the people can lead themselves, then why God ever elevate a leader? But let me tell you something. There's order in the house of God. And when you get that kind of order, there's a move of the spirit that'll happen because God is a God of order why do you see such a why do you see such an attack against the order of the house of God right now because the enemy's trying to make it chaotic and anything that has chaos in it he can move in but I'm telling you if there's a remnant in the house of God and in the body of Christ right now that'll say I'll lock arms with my brother and sister and we're going to give ourselves to order in the house of God the devil won't have one place to move in that thing ah y'all stay with me uh, uh, many in the body of Christ think that order is optional. Order is not optional. Uh, it, it's amazing to me. I'm, I'm going to tell about ourselves. You know, we're affiliated with the Assemblies of God. And, and so I'm going to talk, talk about ourselves. I remember sitting in, in, in Georgia School of Ministry. Now, the dear brother that was teaching, them, teaching the school of ministry, he had to teach what was told. He had to teach what they told him to teach now. So it ain't against him. But he sat there and said, listen, uh, the, the, the office of the apostle and prophet is no more. It is no more. I look back, I said, what in the devil is this? So I waited for everybody to jump on the kill the apostle and prophet train. I raised my hand and said, dear brother. We got a problem in scripture, if this is true. Because the Bible says, I gave these to the body as a gift. Apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher 
for the equipping of the saints. Now we know why ain't nobody being equipped. Ain't nobody getting, ain't nothing happening. Ain't nobody working. Ain't nobody in the streets. There ain't no revival hitting the church. You want to know why? Because we took two of the fivefold and we threw them out and told the evangelists, you got to do what we tell him to do. Or you, you, you ain't even going to be up in here anymore. Isn't it amazing, Pastor Antoine, that it's okay to call somebody pastor. It's okay to call somebody teacher. It's okay to call somebody evangelist. But if you call somebody apostle or prophet, they talk about you online. They talk about you on Facebook. They bring you out. Tell me, don't go to that church. Well, talk about me all you want. Because I decided if God put it in me, I'm going to walk it into the fullness of his glory. This is what the body of Christ needs right now. That's why you have no order. That's why you have no order. Hallelujah. But then, but watch this. So we see that attack again. But the third thing that was in the ark was the manna. Everybody say manna. Uh, they kept a jar of, of manna in there. This represented the provision of God. Oh, now I understand why folk are jumping on the no tithing train. Because there's a demonic attack against the body of Christ because they don't want the glory to return. Every major move of God in the Bible, in the Bible, every major move of God in the Bible, one more time, every major move of God in the Bible was preceded by or accompanied by sacrificial giving. And God said, if you don't open your hand down here, I don't open my hand up there. But there's a people that have learned a revelation that I'm going to give unto the Lord and I'm going to receive what he's releasing out of heaven. I will open my hand and the earth and he will open his hand in heaven Eli and his sons knew how to go through the motions they 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 could stand in front of people and carry out the duties of the priesthood knowing their lives were not right in the sight of God the Bible says that in those days the word of the Lord was rare not only was the word of the Lord rare but the lamp of God was about to go out the sad thing was there was no urgency or concern in Eli or his sons. There was nothing in them saying, where is the God of old? Where is the God that I read about? There was no concern. There was no urgency in them at all. There was no repentance or desire to change. They felt that because they were priests. <sighs> They could live how they wanted to. And God would overlook it because they were the chosen ones. If Eli and his sons were leaders in the kingdom today, it would, it would be the same spirit, but it would look a little different. They'd be called pastor, apostle, prophet, evangelist, teacher. They would be married and, and they would be married and have several girlfriends and wouldn't nobody say nothing. They would stand behind pulpits and teach false doctrine. They would come out publicly and deny the written word of God. They would stand behind their pulpits and give 15-minute rants on how the church is wrong for standing against abortion. They would open their churches, watch this, and preach on how the church should accept or ordain homosexuality and stop looking at sin and stop preaching about sin. They would have parties and events like the Stella Awards where pastors and worship leaders and Christian songwriters would party, smoke weed, and get drunk while they Cuss out people. I'm going to talk about it. They would shut the doors every chance they got to the house of God. They would invite wicked politicians. Yeah, I'm about to say it. Wicked politicians like Stacey Abrams to fill their pulpits because she would write a check to their ministry. But can I tell you, God is done with it. He's done with it. And you better repent.
You are not dealing with man. You're dealing with the most high God, sir. Talking to me. And have the audacity. Have the audacity. That's gall and audacity put together. Have the audacity to stand up and say we need reformation. We need revival. We need restoration. What you need is an altar and repentance and 21 days of fasting and get yourself back together with God. If the glory's going to return, this has to be brought out. This has to be talked about. Give your holy pulpit to people who oppose the gospel and oppose the word of God because they write you a check. And we tell me we want glory. We want glory. God said, I ain't sending it to Eli and I'm not sending it to his sons. I'd rather let my art get taken than, than, than put my stamp of approval on your life. Look at your neighbor and say, but something's about to change. Come on, look at your second choice and tell them something's about to change. I believe right now that in this place and all across this land, there are people saying enough is enough. I, I'm tired of dealing with your stuff. I'm tired of you coming in living like you want to live. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about people. I'm talking about men and women of God. And you come up here, here and you're not preaching the word and you're not preaching the truth. You don't care about the people of God. You don't pray for them. You don't weep for them. All you care about doing is receiving offerings from them. Fly. I'm going to talk about it right now. And you live how you want to live. And God said there's enough people in this land right now. There's enough people in this church right now that said I will not. I will not give myself to any more religion, any more falsehood, any more of this stuff. Let the glory of the Lord fall on the house of God. Let the glory return. We're severing ties with a wicked priesthood. We're severing ties with them. I'm telling you, Pastor Antoine, we're severing ties. I know we're supposed to be all locked on. What does Belial have to do with Christ? And what does he die? You ain't got no fellowship together. We are in the spirit together. And if the body of Christ will rise up, the true body of Christ will rise up. The glory will come back. The glory will come back. You act like we want the glory worse than God wants to send it. God wants to send the glory. But he said, no, 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 you don't understand something. <clears throat> it's not because you got a robe on Eli. 
I'm concerned about what's in the robe. So we're going to talk about the houses that the houses that we got to disconnect from because this is what happens. God says, I'm pronouncing judgment on Eli and his sons. Now listen carefully to me. I'm pronouncing judgment on Eli and his sons. But while I pronounce judgment, I'm raising up Samuel at the same time. Samuel, this is what you're to do. When you wake up in the morning, don't miss this. When you wake up in the morning, go out there and open my doors. Go open my doors, Samuel. Go open my doors. They've been closed long enough, and this is symbolizing, and this is communicating something to a dying world that I don't want it to communicate. Go open my doors, Samuel. I've given you a commandment. I've given you an anointing, and I've given you a calling. Go open my doors, and when you open those doors, Eli and his sons are going to realize that I have spoken to you, and I have decreed judgment upon them, and when I open these doors back up, they will stay open because I I am ready to do a work in the world today. Body of Christ, what, are you, what am I trying to say to the body of Christ? I'm saying it's time that you open the doors to your secret place. You open the doors to your worship. You open the doors to your praise. You open the doors to a dying generation. I know there's some stuff that I say that's offensive, but you got to understand, I'm sick and tired of seeing Eli stop the glory that's supposed to come on the house of the Lord. And I'm saying, time. Jesus, tear down what you gotta tear down, sever what you gotta sever, disconnect what you gotta disconnect. But I want to see your glory. I want to see your glory. I want to see your glory, God. I don't think I'm I think I'm better than nobody else. I don't. I'm not trying to elevate myself above nobody. Just somebody got to say it. Somebody. So, what you must understand is that Eli and his sons are being judged right now. The spirit of Eli. The spirit of Eli, the spirit of Eli says it really don't matter how I live. What matters is how I perform. They told me. I didn't let nobody see it, but it broke my heart, Brother Trey. They told me what was going on up there at them Stella Awards and what goes on at all them other awards. I said, oh, I, I, no wonder. I understand now. The problem is, is when they would stand up, they were smoking a blunt backstage, and when they'd stand up on the platform, everybody starts shouting, what's going on? I'm sick of it, man. How are you going to smoke a blunt back there and come preach out here? How you gonna sit there and go sleep with your girlfriend when you marry and then go to the pulpit the next morning? Right. 
There's a severing that's about to happen. It's not division. It's separation. And I don't know about you, people of God, but I done made up my mind. I'm going to be on the side of the Lord. As for me and my house, we are going to serve the Lord. Come on, if you believe that, I need you to stand up and give God a big shout in this place. As me, for me and my house, we are going to serve the Lord. I'm gonna tell. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go into this. God willing, next week, we talk about how we got to sever from the house of Saul. I remember when I was in. Uh, I wasn't even pastoring. I should tell the story next week, but I feel led to tell it today. I remember I wasn't even pastoring. I was just somebody who served in the church faithfully, and uh, so I was invited to a cohort. A cohort is a group of round tables. To, it was supposed to be a cohort that helps grow and build the church. So I was invited to the cohort. Now you got to rip me. I'm three years old in the Lord. That's it. <clears throat> and around them tables, they told. Now this was years ago. I ain't trying to throw no, nothing at anybody. I just need you to understand where we're at now and why we're here. They told us around that table. They said, listen, the way, we, way you've been doing things is not right. It, 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 you can't grow churches this way So, because you stand up and talk about blood and people don't want to hear about blood. They, it's gory and you freak newcomers out. So you need to stop talking about blood. You need to stop talking about a cross. Talk about that stuff in your small groups, but don't mention it from the pulpit. And then don't, don't, don't. You know, and, and it's okay for people to speak in tongues in their small groups, but don't do it in the sanctuary because if you do it in the sanctuary, people are going to get freaked out and they're going to leave. And one brick by one brick by one brick by one brick was pulled down to the man who even came up with that teaching 10 years later came out and said, I repent, I was wrong. But the problem is the glory has departed. Everybody's saying I want it back But nobody wants to divorce Eli and his sons God is saying until this separation happens It won't come back But come on if you if you say and I'm willing to be different you lift your hands all over this house Come on just just speaking to speak in tongues for just a few minutes now Come on, I'm telling I'm declaring a difference. I know I done said some stuff today. I'm declaring a difference. I'm declaring a difference over this house. I'm declaring a separation for this house right now in the name of Jesus. It ain't, listen, it is no accident that we're sitting out here on the backside of a country somewhere. It ain't no accident that we don't have the best location. You don't see us just by when you go into the grocery store. God has separated this place because he says if I can't separate it, I won't give my glory to it. But I'm telling you there's a separation that's happened here and the glory of the Lord is falling. We pray you were blessed by today's message. For more content and to get to know us better, download our app at AbundantLifeChurch.com.